This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Being happy is great. Moments of joy are great, but being whole and complete is the real life goal. Visit betterhelp.com super and get on your journey to finding wholeness. Before we even begin, Umbridge is the last person on this list because she is the worst. I stand by it. Hey, brother. Okay, guys, let's talk Voldemort, the biggest, baddest, baldest, noseless villain of the Harry Potter series. There can be no doubt that he is the actual worst. I mean, after all, he like, you know, killed his own entire family and Harry's parents. He actively seeks out dark magic, starts two different wars, overthrows an entire government and corrupts the minds of multiple generations worth of wizards. He really sucks. Not to mention, and I'm not sure why we don't more often, his off-page kill numbers, which must literally be in the thousands. And this is just given for the number of Inferi that are living inside of the cave, which literally nobody even knows exists to protect the Horcrux that nobody even knows exists. Which is honestly just like one of those realizations that makes this entire scene like way, way, way worse. Plus, on top of that, I'm pretty sure he never even clips his toenail. Ew. His evilness is really just on the whole completely unrivaled and yet somehow he's not even the character that I'm the most like mad at or frustrated with that shows up. I mean like yeah I hate Voldemort like in the same way that you hate you know Darth Vader or Thanos. They're absolutely awful but also kind of fun and compelling characters whenever they show up on screen. If they're there you know it's about to go down. But that's not what today's video about instead it is going to be counting down every character in the books who we actually somehow hate even more than Voldemort. It's not necessarily even how evil they are, but the way that they make your skin just crawl or your eyes roll. Because whenever they're around, it's like, dude, Percy, what are you doing? Stop reminding Snape that he hasn't given us homework yet. Gosh. I happen to be a school prefect. Spoilers, Percy is on the list. Today, we're going to be counting down the top 10 characters who we hate even more than Voldemort. To remind you, the reason that this list makes sense in the first place is because the brand of evil that Voldemort is, is just really not that relatable. He's dark and power hungry for the sake of being dark and power hungry. And nobody in your real life is actually like that or at least I really, really hope not. However, I am absolutely sure you have known people like the first person on this list. Zacharias Smith. Oh, this guy is the worst. I'm reading Order of the Phoenix right now in the scene in the Hogshead. Come on, man. Why? In case you need a refresher on who Zacharias Smith is because you went out of your way to forget him, here we go. He is a Hufflepuff student who shows up for the DA meetings and despite the fact that he is being there voluntarily, still goes out of his way to call out Harry for basically everything he can think of. So he says- He's like someone who is so barely on your side that you're not even entirely sure that he actually even is. If anything, his inclusion in the story almost feels like a solve for us, the audience. Let me explain. On the whole, I think it's easy for us as readers to be pretty dismissive of all the characters who are actively and openly doubting Harry. Like obviously Malfoy and all the other Slytherins are gonna be in open opposition of everything he's saying. But like we all already know that, right? Like this is somebody inside of your own camp who's raising eyebrows. And as such, he's super skeptical of every single thing that Harry says down to suggesting that Harry is actually lying about having seen Cedric be killed. So he says. So Dumbledore says. So Dumbledore says because he says. 
The point is, where's the proof? And then like two minutes later, he acts like all affronted that Harry's not going to teach him everything he knows. Which is then even more annoying when at the very first DA meeting ever, he scoffs at the idea of learning Expelliarmus because it's just so simple and elementary. Then after that, where he learns a lot under Harry's tutelage, goes on to scoff and make fun of Harry when he is the commentator for the Quidditch match. But possibly worst of all is the fact that he is the only member of the DA who doesn't fight at the Battle of Hogwarts and can actually be seen like pushing his way through a group of first years to get out first. He's just your basic and complete contrarian. You probably went to high school with somebody like this. If you said it, then they disagree because you're the one who said it. He knows everything better than everybody else and every single time he shows up on page, I'm annoyed. Next up on the list though, we have a slightly similar situation as it's another member of the DA, except this time it's a member of Gryffindor House, Lavender Brown, or as I prefer to never refer to her, Lav Lav. Lav Lav, man, I'm already doing it. As far as I can tell is a character that was almost entirely based on the overly attached girlfriend meme. Shout out to Lena, who is a very nice person. Lavender for the first few books is pretty much just like an extra side Gryffindor character who's like maybe just a little bit too enamored with divination with her BFF Parvati. I mean, honestly, to be fair, there's really nothing wrong with a 13 year old at a school of magic thinking crystal balls might work. Heck, for that matter, she's like in a room with the person who quite literally had the prediction that set the entire plot of every single page we're reading into motion, so there is that. But then she starts dating Ron. Which brings about things like the nickname Wan Wan, the ultra tacky golden locket she gives him for Christmas. And also this super drawn out, pun very much intended, scene on the train. Make it stop. I will say that while Lav Lav can be a bit much at times, she does also super step up throughout the story. She, like Seamus, is one of the few characters in Gryffindor House who doesn't believe Harry and Dumbledore's story at the beginning of their fifth year. Yet, she ultimately does also become one of the first people to sign up for the DA. And Anne ultimately ends up going out with a fairly gruesome death while battling on behalf of the DA at the Battle of Hogwarts. So while she is moderately annoying throughout the story, she does also come through when it counts. Something that could also be said about the next installment on our list, one Percy Weasley. Keep up, please, and follow me. Quickly now, come on. Ugh, Percy is so annoying. It's really funny how on like one end of the rule following spectrum, you might have Fred and George, who basically just don't follow them at all. And then on the other end, you have Percy, who basically follows them to a fault. But then possibly even more interesting than that is the fact that if you were to put Percy and Hermione both on the rule following spectrum, they would both be at the opposite end from Fred and George, but also opposite ends from each other when it comes to rule following. Hermione, of course, does go pretty above and beyond when it comes down to, you know, following the rules. I'm going to bed before either of you come up with another clever idea to get us killed or worse, expelled. But then on the other hand, she's also really good at recognizing when rules are getting in the way of doing what is right. Something that Percy just simply cannot do. Sort of exciting, isn't it? Breaking the rules. Percy ends up being a little bit more like Diet Dolores Umbridge, which is a beverage I would never drink. 
Turns out, tastes like flies. Maybe this shouldn't come as a total surprise as these two are like semi-aligned during the events of Order of the Phoenix, but Percy definitely believes that this like strict adherence to the rules is what ultimately makes you superior to others. And the more aggressively you follow the rules, the more special treatment you ultimately deserve. I happen to be a school prefect. Umbridge, of course, just assumes that all of this stuff is just already true about her in the first place. She is more special and important than everybody else. But then she takes it one step further to not just use the rules to like lift herself up, but then to also like oppress and control others. The good news though, is that in the end, Percy ultimately sees the error of his ways and comes back around to the good side. The problem is, is that like in the meantime, he is just like the worst. Although to be fair, it is entirely possible that he was pretty much under the Imperius curse from the time he left Hogwarts, full video by clicking the card. But hey, speaking of characters that take like almost the entire series to finally come around and be marginally likable, let's talk about Professor Snape. I know what you're thinking, Snape is a good guy, beloved by all. The ultimate double agent who has been driven this whole time by nothing other than love. And yeah, I guess to an extent that's true, except for the being beloved by all thing. I don't think that is true. Like the idea that he is being driven by love to defeat Voldemort after all of this time is, you know, of course, admirable. That's a good thing. But on the other hand, you know, harassing all of your students for 16 years, less good. Like just because you're like on the right side of things doesn't like, you know, give you an excuse just to be mean to everybody else. Always. Always. There is absolutely no reason at all to bully Harry simply because he looks like James. We've actually lobbed out the question before, like what if he was a girl and looked a lot like Lily instead? Would he have still been mean to her? I don't really like thinking about it. Or take Neville, for example, who just like quite literally fears Snape above all else. And Neville fears a lot of things. Why is it always me? But the thing that actually makes the least sense to me is just the fact that he doesn't like Hermione at all. It doesn't make sense. Are you incapable of restraining yourself or do you take pride in being an insufferable know-it-all? Like I can see being frustrated with Neville because he's just not very good at potions. I think McGonagall sort of has the same feelings with his transfiguration work. But on the other hand, Hermione is amazing. What do Snape? Even just like showing favoritism to your own house. Like that's completely understandable on some level. Like I can imagine getting on better with other people who share your own ideals. As a teacher, he still shouldn't do it. I'm just saying it's more understandable than just like quite literally being mean to the best student in an entire generation. And really when it comes down to it up until, you know, the third to last chapter in the seventh book, is the first time he's ever perceived as anything other than just pretty much a gigantic buttwad. You might be okay with Snape now, now that you know, but the first time you ever read this story, he was awful. On the other hand though, Snape was in fact bullied by the Marauders, so at the very least you can find some plausible explanation as to why he is just mean to other students. This is not true for the next member of our list, Peter Pettigrew. Peter was of course not bullied by the Marauders, who were the most popular kids in school, he was one of them. He was treated with nothing but friendship by them for the entire time and still decided that he would come up with a reason to hate them for no reason at all. I mean, James literally trusts him with his own, his wife and his child's lives and he has them killed. Frames one of his other best friends, Sirius Black, for murder, where he gets to go and spend 13 years in prison. Meanwhile, Peter spends all of that time mooching off the Weasleys. And then of course, after that, he, you know, kidnaps Bertha Jorkins and revives the Dark Lord. 
Really never got better for him. There's really just not a redeeming quality. Like he had great friends. <sighs> What's wrong? Guys, I need to take a quick pause to tell you about today's sponsor, Stamps.com. No matter how much we try to prepare, every single year is exactly the same. The holidays roll around and the chaos is back in full form. And it's never more true than if you own a small business. For us here at Super Carlin Brothers, this is absolutely the case because we are shipping out so much of our end of year merch, which we're so excited to get in your hands, but also we're dealing with a crazy busy production schedule as we close out the year. Luckily for us though, we work with stamps.com, which helps us get all of our end of year shipping completely under control. It truly ends up being the one-stop shop for everything you need to get everything out on time. Because stamps.com gives you complete access to the USPS and UPS services that you need in order to run your business, you can do everything you need from your computer. No need to go out in all the hectic traffic. Stamps.com has been in business for over 20 years and has basically become <clears throat> indispensable for small businesses just like us here at Super Carlin Brothers. And because you can save money with major discounts at the United States Postal Service or UPS, which go up to 86%, it makes shipping in volume so much more efficient. We have Stamps.com to thank for simplifying our shipping needs and could not recommend them more this holiday season. So trade late nights for silent nights and get started with Stamps.com today. And you can sign up with promo code SUPERCARLIN for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. There are no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone in the top right corner and enter promo code SUPERCARLIN. Link is in the description down below. You know who else had great friends? Aragog. What? I know that this one probably comes across a bit as a surprise entry, given the fact that we just talked about Peter Pettigrew and we don't see a whole lot of Aragog. But let me just say what we're all thinking. He's kind of a punk. You just know that there are some like intentionally ripped holes in all eight of his spider leg jeans. Do what you will with your denim. I just thought it was funny to imagine jeans with eight holes. But for real, like Hagrid and Aragog are blamed for the death of Moaning Myrtle, which is like super lame. But also if we're honest with ourselves, Aragog just hadn't killed anyone yet. We find this out pretty quickly thanks to the fact that Harry, one of Hagrid's best friends, finds himself in the woods asking Aragog for information upon Hagrid's recommendation. Follow the spiders, follow the spiders. If Hagrid ever gets out of Azkaban, I'll kill him. Aragog is a fountain of information, which is, you know, totally great, except immediately afterwards, basically suggests that his entire family eat Harry and Ron. So on the whole, less good, and also feels wildly unappreciative of Hagrid. Like, thanks for saving me from murder, raising me for 50 years, finding me a wife, and being a good pal. In exchange for my literal thousands of kids, let me repay you by eating your pseudo son. I mean, he's basically just trying to pull a Peter here. Like, turn on your friends and then try to murder their friends. He's just less successful, thanks to a car. <laughs> Let's go! Anyway, the Acromantulas also side with Voldemort in the end, or at the very least do nothing but cause chaos during the Battle of Hogwarts because they definitely didn't side with Harry. So for me, as far as I'm concerned, they can all just stuff it. Speaking of being stuffed, do you know who's full of brandy and helium? Probably Aunt March. What are you smirking at? Colonel Fubster. Like, it hurts my insides to do it. I know what you're all thinking. Can you actually be stuffed off of brandy? And the answer is surprisingly yes. 
Probably. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not an expert on Brady. I've just read these books a lot and she sucks. At one point, she actually brags about drowning puppies. You might not remember it because I would try and block out that information too, but this one's got a mean haunty look about him. You get that with dogs. I had Colonel Fubs to drown one last year. Ratty little thing it was. Weak. Underbred. Man, I hate her. I mean, we're all familiar with the idea of like that stereotypical, like passive aggressive, like family member, but Aunt Marge is just like actively aggressive. Shut up! And for basically no known reason other than she just likes being mean. Honestly, even once I met her on some weird level, I even felt like Uncle Vernon was only being mean to Harry in some type of bizarre effort to impress her. But on the whole, what makes Marge just so awful is like just everything. She's again, very similar to that idea of umbrage, which is just that like, you've probably known somebody like this in your life before. It's this like very down to earth version of evil. Again, you're probably not facing down like a super powerful dictator who's intent on taking you over the world, but you've probably had a super condescending adult in your life before, and that's Marge. But hey, as long as we're talking about mean for absolutely no reason at all, let's go on to the next member of our list, Filch. Like, Argus, I just don't get it, man. Like, you can't do magic and you don't like kids. What are you doing working at a school for magical kids? Was it on detention would find you hanging by your thumbs in the dungeons? God, I'll miss the screaming. It honestly, it just, it just makes no sense is when it really comes down to it. Like if you're up all day cleaning up their messes, then why are you also always up all night too? If you're a longtime fan of this channel, then you know that we just believe that Filch is just like a poltergeist. He's like the exact opposite of Peeves. Never actually explained whether or not that's true. But if it's not true, then I'd wager that this is just yet another one of those characters that for some reason has an undying allegiance to Dumbledore for some off page thing that happened. Or at least I would like to think that that was true, Argus. But then the moment that Dumbledore leaves, what do you do? Side with Umbridge and start torturing children. It does always come back to Umbridge though, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Ah, she is the worst. Speaking of Umbridge though, let's just go ahead and move on to the next person on our list who we've actually dedicated an entire video to because he is just awful. Cornelius Fudge. Unlike his name might suggest, he is not a sweet man. He is much more obsessed with having his job than actually doing it. Let's be clear, it's not like cake. You can have your job and do it too. In fact, it's recommended. I'm doing it right now. Obviously, he pretty much starts off by being pretty friendly to Harry on the whole. Again, if we hop back to the whole Marge situation, he pretty much lets him off the hook basically immediately, with no real concern whatsoever. But it also quickly becomes very apparent that Fudge's support of Harry is fair weather at best. Pretty much the moment that his life and the status quo of the wizarding world is thrown into question even at all, he pretty much bucks. He's like to acknowledge any available threat to this construct of his at all would immediately throw all of it into jeopardy. Now, to be fair and on the whole, this is actually probably a more relatable phenomenon than most of us would be willing to admit. Change, especially if you're happy with the way that things have been going, or even sometimes if you haven't been, isn't always easy. But Fudge is the leader of an entire community and doesn't have the luxury of not taking these threats seriously. Harry basically told the Minister for Magic that Voldemort was back a mere 
hour after it happened, which should have pretty much been the worst possible situation for Voldemort that there could be. But instead, he actually goes in the complete opposite direction and spends almost an entire year trying to convince people that the opposite is true, despite the fact that things are happening that can't be explained. And this is all despite the fact that he should be pretty well aware that the Philosopher's Stone was attempted to be stolen during Harry's first year, the Chamber of Secrets was opened during his second, and the Dark Mark appeared at the Quidditch World Cup. Meanwhile, he seems to be just as concerned about the escape of Sirius Black, who he keeps claiming to be in cahoots with Voldemort, which just goes against his own messaging in the first place. Voldemort is not back, but if anything, Sirius Black is definitely helping him. Honestly, Fudge is the worst, or he would be, if it weren't for that one person that he hired, Dolores Jane Umbridge. Please need to remind you Yeah, we already knew where this one was going and I already know that you weren't shocked. We've already compared several of the other characters on this list to her because she is basically the standard as to which all other evil shall be compared. As such, no one can take this top spot from old Toadface. Do you remember how we said, like, from a rule-following standpoint, Percy is basically the exact opposite of Fred and George? But then even on that end of the spectrum, somehow Percy is still even the exact opposite of someone like Hermione. Well, somehow Umbridge broke the chart, lit it on fire, blamed it on someone else, and then oversaw the punishment. You deserve to be punished. This is basically exactly what she's doing during Harry's trial when we first get introduced to her. She's questioning everything that Dumbledore and Harry are claiming as if it is like peak blasphemy to suggest that the Ministry of Magic is anything but under complete control of the situation. And yet we ultimately learned that it was literally her that sent the Dementors to attack Dudley and Harry. So annoying. So annoying. And this is her go-to move too. Like enforce laws on everyone else as a means to control them, but then she personally gets to be, you know, exempt from them. Like when she questions, for example, like what use would spellcasting be in a class like Defense Against the Dark Arts? Well, I can't imagine why you would need to use spells in my classrooms. When like out there in the real world, who's actually trying to attack you? But then in a not so plot twist situation, it's Umbridge herself who literally attempts to use the Cruciatus curse on Harry. Funny how things work out. What Cornelius doesn't know won't hurt him. I'm gonna be honest with you guys, hate is a strong word, which is why I am glad it exists because I hate her. But there you go, guys. Those were our top 10 characters who we hated even more than Voldemort. I know that we left off some like obvious big baddies like Bellatrix or Lucius or Fenrir. But so my question for you guys today is who else do you think that we didn't include? Be sure to let us know in the tell section down below. But guys, as always, thank you so much for watching. Be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you'd like to check out a couple of those videos that we referenced in today's video, you can do so right over here. We can find out how Filch is actually a poltergeist or here to find out why Fudge is just the absolute worst. Otherwise, until next time, bye.